0: The world is changing fast, but you can learn it at a slower pace. Special English. You're listening to Special English. Here is the news. According to Heiko Customs, Hainan, China's southern island province, has recorded total offshore duty-free sales of over 130 billion yuan almost 18 billion US dollars since adjusting relevant policies three years ago. From July the 1st 2020 to June the 30th this year, more than 17 million shoppers purchased 130 0.7 billion yuan of offshore duty-free products on the island increases of some 92% and 280% respectively compared with the previous 3 years hainan launched the policy of allowing domestic tourists to buy products on the island without taxation on april the 20th 2011 the adjustment on july the 1st 2020 increased the island's annual tax-free shopping quota from 30000 yuan to 100000 yuan per person and expanded the major categories of duty-free goods from 38 to 45 China released a master plan in June 2020 to build Hainan into a globally influential and high-level free trade port by the middle of the century. Over recent years, the island province has become an attractive shopping destination for domestic consumers. Through years of efforts to enhance the local tourism and shopping sectors, Hainan now boasts 12 offshore duty free shops. You're listening to Special English. More than a decade after winning the Nobel Prize for Literature, Mo Yen has crossed another milestone in his career with the publication of his latest drama, Crocodile. The play, published by the Hangzhou-based Zhejiang Literature and Art Publishing House, is divided into four acts and nine scenes, consisting of about 100,000 Chinese words. Its plot revolves around the protagonist Shan Wu Dan and a crocodile he receives as a gift for his birthday. He keeps replacing the fish tank over the next ten years, giving the reptile more space to grow until it becomes a four meter long behemoth. Mo Yen explained that the crocodile is a symbol of human desire and the complexity of human nature. He wrote in the drama that desire is the motivation that makes all things multiply, and the devil that destroys all things. It makes everything beautiful, but produces all the evils of the world as well. Moore's passion for drama is not new. His unpublished novel, Divorce, was originally written as a drama script. He has also written award-winning plays, including Our Assassin, Jing Kerr and Farewell, My Concubine. Before his Nobel Award in 2012, Moore was best known for his Red Sorghum. In 1987, the story was adapted into a film, which, directed by Yi Mo, proved an even bigger success. It won The Golden Bear at the Berlin Film Festival and was the first movie from the Chinese mainland to gain international fame. Moore, meaning Do Not Speak, is a pen name. His real name is Guan Moyer. This is Special English. Researchers have found that global warming incrementally boosts the intensity of extreme rainfall at higher altitudes, putting 2 billion people living in or downstream of mountains at greater risk of floods and landslides. According to the findings issued in the journal Nature, each degree Celsius of warming increases the density of major downpours by 15% at elevations above 2,000 metres. On top of that, each additional 1,000 metres of altitude adds another 1% of rainfall. In other words, a world 3 degrees Celsius hotter than pre-industrial levels will see the likelihood of potentially devastating deluges multiply by almost half. The authors warn that the findings underscore the vulnerability of infrastructure not designed to withstand extreme flooding events. The Earth's surface has already warmed, 1.2 degrees Celsius, enough to amplify record-breaking downpours that put huge swathes of Pakistan underwater last summer and parts of California earlier this year. According to the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, on current policy trends, the planet will warm 2.8 degrees Celsius by century's end. The new study, based on data covering the last 70 years and climate model projections, found two main drivers – behind the upsurge in extreme rainfall events at altitude in a warming world. The first is simply more water. Scientists have long known that every one degree Celsius increase boosts the amount of moisture in the atmosphere by 7%. The World Weather Attribution Consortium said that since the 1950s heavy rainfall has become more frequent and intense across most parts of the world. It noted that extreme rainfall is more common and intense because of human-caused climate change in Europe, most of Asia, Central and Eastern North America, and parts of South America, Africa and Australia. The second factor, uncovered by researchers, was more surprising. Lead author Mohammed Ombadi said this is the first time that anyone has looked at whether those intense precipitation events fall as rain or snow. He explained that, unlike snowfall, rain triggers runoff more rapidly leading to a higher risk of flooding, landslide hazards and soil erosion. Ombardi speculated that a higher rate of snow turned to rain observed between 2,500 and 3,000 metres was due to precipitation at that altitude occurring at just below freezing point. The mountainous regions and adjacent floodplains likely to experience the highest impacts from extreme rainfall events are in and around the Himalayas and North America's Pacific mountain ranges. The authors said that the most affected regions should prepare robust climate adaptation plans, adding that it is necessary to consider the increase in rainfall extremes in the design and building of dams, highways, railways and other infrastructure. He noted that high-risk areas will either need to be avoided altogether or built up with engineering solutions That can protect the communities living there. You're listening to Special English. With a history of 5,000 years, it's no surprise that China has created a fabulous treasury of folk tales. Once a year, on the seventh day of the seventh month, all the magpies fly up to heaven and form a bridge so many amazing worlds to discover. I want a new palace, said King Mu of Zhou one day. Chinese folktales retold for audiences today. Will, will you marry me? he asked, and with little hesitation she said, <laughs> Yes! 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folktales. My father must not go to war, someone must take his place you'll find Chinese folk tales season 3 wherever you discover your favorite podcasts this is special english according to new zealand's official data agency stats nz China has become a top market for New Zealand's cheese exports among more than 70 Kiwi cheese export destinations in the past year. Official data shows that over 780 million New Zealand dollars, about 470 million US dollars worth of cheese was exported to China about 26% of its total cheese exports in the 12 months to May this year. The data agency said China, Japan and Australia were the top three destinations during the cited period, and the major cheese exports to China were fresh cheese Mainly mozzarella and cream cheese, and grated or powdered cheese. New Zealand's cheese exports rose 35% to 3 billion New Zealand dollars, about 1.8 billion US dollars, in the 12 months to May this year, compared with a year earlier. Over the same period, the quantity of exported cheese rose almost 7 percent, and the average price per kilogram rose 26 percent. The agency's international trade manager, Al Allen, said cheese became an even more valuable export for New Zealand over the past year, reflecting the higher prices that are being experienced globally. Alan said cheddar cheese made up 43% of total cheese exports and was the top category of cheese exported in the year to May this year. This is Special English. Israeli researchers and their partners have engineered a new material that could replace silicon. The Israel Institute of Technology said in a statement that the material can be used to create a new type of transistor for manufacturing chips, replacing silicon ones, whose functions are limited due to their tiny dimensions. The transistor, which drives the running of the chip by controlling the passage of electric current, has been reduced in size over the years to tens of atoms, allowing one chip to contain billions of transistors. However, recently, the miniaturization trend of silicon transistors has slowed down, as researchers found that the transistors at reduced sizes behave in ways that could harm the processor's operation causing problems such as leakage of electric current when switching off the transistor. The miniaturization of silicon transistors also causes energy waste such as the rapid draining of cell phone batteries and the heating of devices. The researchers noted that on the scale of server farms, This means huge energy consumption and huge amounts of heat released into the atmosphere. In a study published in the journal Advanced Functional Materials, the team grew oxide in a unique lab system while achieving an effect on its conduction and insulation properties to create efficient and precise transistors. The researchers achieved control over the distance between the new material's atoms with a precision of a picometer, or one thousandth of a nanometer, while the distance between two atoms in silicon, by comparison, is about a quarter of a nanometer. The researchers concluded that the future transistors will turn on and off quickly through precise control of the material and its atomic structure. This is Special English. Summer is the best season to see glimmering fireflies in the forest, and the Fireflyers International Network has designated the first weekend of July as World Firefly Day, calling on people to protect our glowing friends. There are about 2,000 known firefly species in the world, and China is home to about 200 of them. Many fireflies live in wet and wooded areas, where their larvae can find abundant snails and slugs to eat. The larva stage can last from several weeks to more than two years. The light-emitting insects that we see are their adults. Some feed on pollen, while others have no mouth. The sole purpose of their transient lives that last for only one to two weeks, is to mate and lay eggs. When these adults are caught and released into an environment in which they can't survive for more than a couple of days, they are incapable of reproducing, leading to a population fall. Apart from over-collection, fireflies are threatened by habitat destruction and degradation, pesticides, light pollution, poor water quality, invasive species, as well as climate change. According to an assessment of the extinction risk for firefly species in Canada and the US in 2021, 11% of the 128 species evaluated are threatened with extinction. While 2% are near-threatened, 33% are categorised as of least concern, and more than half are data-deficient. That's based on the Red List criteria from the International Union for Conservation of Nature. The good news is that changes and conservation efforts are seen around the world. Japan was among the first countries that learned how to rear fireflies in laboratory settings and also among the first to protect its wild population. In China, Fu Xinhua, an associate professor at Huazhong Agricultural University, set up the first protected area for fireflies at Dai Mountain in Hubei province in 2014. In 2021, 11 firefly species were added to the list of wild animals with important ecological, scientific and social value for the first time in China, bringing more hope for the protection of fireflies. This is Special English. That is the end of this edition of Special English. To recap, I'm going to read one of the news items again at normal speed. Please listen carefully. Researchers have found that global warming incrementally boosts the intensity of extreme rainfall at higher altitudes, putting 2 billion people living in or downstream from mountains at greater risk of floods and landslides. According to the findings published in the journal Nature, each degree Celsius of warming increases the density of major downpours by 15% at elevations above 2,000 metres. On top of that, each additional 1,000 metres of altitude adds another 1% of rainfall. In other words, a world 3 degrees Celsius hotter than pre-industrial levels will see the likelihood of potentially devastating deluges multiply by nearly half. The authors warn that the findings underscore the vulnerability of infrastructure not designed to withstand extreme flooding events. The Earth's surface has already warmed 1.2 degrees Celsius, enough to amplify record-breaking downpours that put huge swathes of Pakistan underwater last summer and parts of California earlier this year. And according to the UN's Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, on current policy trends, the planet will warm 2.8 degrees Celsius by century's end. The new study, based on data covering the last 70 years and climate model projections, found two main drivers behind the upsurge in extreme rainfall events at altitude in a warming world. The first is simply more water. Scientists have long known that every 1 degree Celsius increase boosts the amount of moisture in the atmosphere by 7%. The World Weather Attribution Consortium said that since the 1950s, heavy rainfall has become more frequent and intense across most parts of the world. It noted that extreme rainfall is more common and intense because of human-caused climate change in Europe, most of Asia, Central and Eastern North America, and parts of South America, Africa and Australia. The second factor uncovered by researchers was more surprising. Lead author Mohamed Ombardi said this is the first time that anyone has looked at whether intense precipitation events fall as rain or snow. He explained that unlike snowfall, rainfall triggers runoff more rapidly, leading to a higher risk of flooding, landslide hazards and soil erosion. Umbardi speculated that a higher rate of snow turned to rain, observed between 2,500 and 3,000 metres, was due to precipitation at that altitude occurring at just below freezing point. The mountainous regions and adjacent floodplains likely to experience the biggest impact from extreme rainfall events are in and around the Himalayas and North America's Pacific mountain ranges. The authors said that the most affected regions should prepare robust climate adaption plans, adding that it's necessary to consider the increase in rainfall extremes in the design and building of dams, highways, railways and other infrastructure. He noted that high-risk areas will either need to be avoided altogether or built up with engineering solutions that can protect the communities living there. That is the end of today's programme. I hope you'll join us every day to learn English at a slower pace.